0: Hey, what's up? Good morning. It's so pleasant to see you all in the building this morning. Uh, I want to give a shout out real quick to everybody who's joining us online. We're going to keep it to like a tight 45 minutes, maybe less because there is food in the building. And so if you were seeing this online right this like if it's Thursday, ignore this. If you are seeing this live right now, you have like 45 minutes to get yourself together and come here now and eat food. So do that. Turn off the TV now and go start getting ready. Get in the car and get over here. Uh, to all of you who are here, thank you for showing up. We appreciate it. Um, Christopher's back, so now I don't have to stress things. Um, we are going to keep it short this morning. we got music. Uh, I'm talking, and I am going to keep it short because, like I said, there's food in the building this morning, and that's what you all showed up for. And yet nobody disagrees, so uh, I am going, and Jesus, food and Jesus, okay, fine. Uh, I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then I'm going to turn it over to the praise team, and uh, we'll see what happens next. Father, thank you for this day that we can come, we can gather here together. Uh, I thank you for um, the family, the friends, for all of us who uh, just acknowledge that this is a time, this is a moment in our life, uh, in our day, in our week, when we need to be here in your house with you and with our brothers and sisters. I pray, Father, you would create in each one of us an expectation that there is something you want to say to us this morning, uh, individually, corporately, and that we will live in that expectation. We will seek out what it is you want to say, that we will be faithful to take that that word you reveal to us and that we will think about it. We will contemplate it. We will meditate on it and we will put it to effect in our lives, father, because it's, it's not right that we should come and we should enter into your presence and leave unchanged. Father, I pray you would come now. You would dwell in this place. You would abide in us and that you would accept this gift of our worship to you. The only one who is truly worthy in Jesus name. We pray. Amen.
1: two Know that you're always with us, whether we're at work, whether we're at our house, whether we're out in Alaska enjoying this beautiful place that we have been in. We know you're there with us. We know you're there.
0: Good morning. morning. Happy, new happy New Year. Hopefully, a week in, it's still happy. Um, I'm going to actually talk about the New Year a little bit, real quick. Do we have any of those people that you know? You're one of those ones that 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 midnight hits and that that year indicator flips from the previous year to the next year, and you're like. This year is going to be so good. I have so much hope and optimism for the coming year. Any of those in here? One, two, okay. All right. For those of you that are like that, I want you to just now tune me out. Go to that happy place that exists in here, you know, the one with butterflies and rainbows, and just enjoy yourself. The the adults have some things we need to talk about, so you just, I don't want to hurt you but you shouldn't be here for this. Because the truth of the matter is, uh, I do not have any hope for 2023 being a good year. Oh, I just, I'm not a prophet, I am a pessimist, and I just foresee dumpster fire. Or ongoing dumpster fire, a continuation of a dumpster fire, uh, like like a giant garbage pit where the fire never goes out. And that's hell, isn't it? Isn't that what the Bible says hell is? We are living in hell. And I just realized that. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you that. Uh, And I realized there are optimists, you know, the glass is half full. There are uh, pessimists, the glass is half empty. I'm a pragmatist. I want to know what's in the glass. Because whether it's half full or half empty, if it's you know dog vomit, doesn't do me any good either way. So I don't foresee this year being any good at all, um, and and that may be that may uh, history uh, because you know twenty twenty like twenty nineteen seemed pretty solid as far as I recall, and then you know the clock changed and we got to twenty twenty and that started out pretty good, right? And then, like, March hit, and it was just, and then we were like, okay, 2021, everything's got to be better this year. And then, okay, all right, 2022 is when everything turns, why would you think 2023 is going to be any better? I mean, you're just delusional now, but that's between you and your therapist. Uh, but I want to move on, because I don't foresee 2023 being any good. Uh Collectively, and I think we can all acknowledge that not knowing what the future holds, we have to accept the possibility that personally, we may go through trials and storms in our own personal lives in this coming year. And so, so whether it be collectively as a society, as a culture, or you individually, I just want to share a couple of real quick steps to see you through those trials and those storms that, that are bound to come in whatever form. And then I want to follow that up with a real quick story to just make my point. So when the storms come, trials come, think about uh, the disciples are in the boat, right? And the storm kicks up. And most of these guys are fishermen. They understand being in the boats. They understand being in rough seas. They know what it's like. And so when these guys are in a boat and they are scared to death, that tells you something about just how bad the situation was. They're so bad, they're like, we are all going to die. That's how bad they thought it was. And so they go run to Jesus, and Jesus is like, what is wrong with you? Why, why would you think that? And they're like, well, uh, we're fishermen. We understand the sea. We understand nature. We understand clouds and storms and winds. And um, here's a little thing. Just got back from out of state. I don't know exactly when this happened. Do you realize we have banished turbulence from the world we live in? Turbulence no longer exists. But rough air does. Rough air. It's turbulence, but if you call it rough air, it's not so scary, I guess. As but So they're in rough seas, and winds, and storm, and lightning, and thunder, and rain, and they're all going to die. And at some point, either either literally or metaphorically, we are going to find ourselves in that place. Maybe it's in 2023, maybe it's not. The storm is going to come for you. The storm is going to come for me. And so here's two steps to see you through the storm. Number one, Psalm 16, 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Number one, to get through the day-to-day, the the purpose of your life, the the goal of your life is to have Jesus Christ set before you as the goal you're following, as the marker that lies before you that defines the path you're on. You should be looking down the road at Jesus Christ and going, that is what I'm aiming for. That is where I'm going. You see, and then no matter what the world brings, no matter what life brings, As long as you have your focus on Jesus, I will not be shaken. See, regardless of what's going on around out here, I have tunnel vision. I am focused only ever on Jesus. And that's what happened in the story. They took their eyes off the storm. They took their eyes off the seas. They took the eyes off the water that was lapping over the boat and filling the bottom of it. And they set their sights on Jesus. They said, we are in big trouble. Where's Jesus? See, they shouldn't have taken their eyes off Jesus to begin with. And perhaps that is what Jesus meant when he said, you of little faith. Why was your faith not directed at me? Why, the second thing started going south, were you not focused on me? Why was there a moment when your attention was diverted from me to begin with? Let not yourself fall in that situation. Put Jesus always ever in front of you. Focus on him, and regardless of what's happening around you, you will not be shaken. Because when your focus is on Jesus, you acknowledge, you know what, whatever that confronts me, God knew about that before he brought me to this moment. Whatever confronts me, God knows what's on the other side of that. Whatever confronts me, God knows the path to get through it, and he is going to lead me through. And I will make it through whatever this storm is, whatever this trial is, as long as I keep my focus on Jesus. So step one, set the Lord always in front of you. That's how you're going to get through 2023 and 24 and 25. And regardless of when the dumpster fire ends, that should be your goal and your purpose, is to set the Lord always before you. Step two. Kind of a, kind of goes with step one. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. Set your eyes on Jesus, one. Don't take your eyes off Jesus, two. Proverbs chapter four says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze Straight before you. If your gaze is straight before you, what is your gaze focused on? You can say it louder. Jesus, right, good. Glad we didn't miss that last point. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. And this is a common refrain in the Bible, is this idea of turning either to the right or to the left. Because turning to the right or to the left indicates getting off the path, getting outside of God's will, getting distracted from the path that lies before me, from having my eyes set on Jesus and turning off to my own ways, being distracted by what's out here, being distracted by the storm, being distracted by the trial. And it's when you get distracted and you take your eyes off God and you take your eyes off the path and you find yourself out on the right or on the left, that you get lost. And and here's the thing, here's the glorious thing, here's the good news, here's the bad news. When you are lost, you are not lost from God. You are lost from the path God set you on. You are not outside of God's will. You are not outside of God's vision. God will come and God will find you. But that doesn't mean it's a good place for you to be. So just don't. Don't turn to the left or to the right. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't worry about what's going on out here. Stay focused on him, and he will bring you through. Application. About a 100 years ago, when I was a wee little, must have been um, about 10, I want to say third grade, fourth grade, somewhere in there. I was in Cub Scouts. And we was announced we were going to have a soapbox derby. Now, there's this fixation in Cub Scouts with cars. You've got the Pinewood Derby where you start with this block of wood and you have to make a car out of it that goes down a ramp and try to not get caught cheating. I mean, you know, when you weight it down with the quarters and stuff. But then there's a soapbox derby. And that is where you actually craft a car, a go-kart, and you will take this go-kart to a large hill and you will let small children race at high speeds down a hill. In the early 80s, when we didn't, you know, helmets weren't a thing. Children went outside to play regularly without helmets, let alone knee pads, gloves, all that other stuff. You know, it was back in the day where parents kicked you out the door at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning in the summer. And, like, if you came back before the streetlights and you were not bleeding, you were going to be. So, Soapbox Derby. And, Dad, I know you're out there watching, and I, I'm, it's going to sound like I'm talking trash. I'm not. I'm going to redeem the whole story. The whole idea of the Soapbox Derby is small child. Beloved father, we're together together, work, and build this car together. Come on. Come on. Soapbox Derby was about dad egos. Because, because how the car performed all came down to dad. I mean, the kids got to help. And then when the kids were done helping and the kids went away, then dad would come back and he would fix the help. So I can remember we were living in this house. It had a massive basement, uh, unfinished basement. I like used to be able to roller skate and ride bikes around in the basement. It was cool, and that's where Dad and I uh, built the car. And okay, all right, it was it was a plank of wood. There was a second plank of wood screwed to that first plank of wood. That was that was my seat. That was the little bit, it was like this big. That's what I get to lean back against. And then there was like this little box on the front. Little triangular shaped box. That's where my legs went. Wheels were on it, and I had a rope. I had a rope steering wheel. Pull this way, car goes that way. Pull this way, car goes that way. And then we're building it. My dad went, I don't even know where all the wheels he came up with. where, Where did they come from? We tried numerous wheels. We ended up my aunt was living with us. She was pregnant. My dad took the wheels off her baby carriage and put them on my go kart, and I was, I was just, I was like, Ugh, baby carriage wheels, baby carriage wheels. And so that was it. There was a plank of wood back, baby carriage wheels, and a rope. And we got there. We got there the morning of of the Pinewood Derby, and we're at the top of the hill and all the other competitors out there, all the other cars, and there's these there's these little wicked cool torpedo-looking things, like straight out of, like, MG Racing from, like, the 1940s. There were, like, giant tank-looking things, and there's my 2x4 with baby carriage wheels. And I was just, I was, oh, this is the worst. I look stupid. So, you have Put your child, your beloved offspring in this contraption at the top of the hill, uh, and this was uh, the top of the hill was outside the um, the base and uh, the site, the military site we lived on and so uh, they brought out they got a bunch of airmen to come out, young strapping dudes, you know the smoke was did the, the air was just thick with cigarette smoke because uh, early eighties because um, you know healthy and all that and and they would have these massive dudes. Grab hold of your child, and there was ego involved in this as well because my kid's gonna go further and faster than you. I don't care if he dies, mine's gonna go further. And so they would take a run and start, and they'd shove you down this hill. And whoever got to the bottom first, not whoever got to the bottom first alive, just whoever got to the bottom first wins that heat. And so I'm watching, and I'm seeing all these cool cars, all these awesome, and they're. They were colorful. Mine was like black with like a little gray on it. So my turn came, and I get shoved down the hill, and I'm driving, and I'm racing, and I'm looking over this way, and I'm looking over this way. And every time I look this way, I'm pulling, and I start to veer. Every time I look this way, I'm pulling, and I start to veer, and I am all over the road. And uh, fortunately, the other cars were going a little bit faster than me, so I didn't kill anybody. Uh, There was one point I go this way, and kind of like a little hill that comes down to the road, and I rode up on it, and I was sure I was going to, like, roll the whole thing, but I didn't. Or at least I don't remember rolling it. Like I said, no helmets. And that heat ended, and then we towed all the cars back to the top, and I was just, I was embarrassed, I was miserable, I was like, this is terrible, this is last, of course. My dad takes me aside, and he's like, look, sit in the car. Crouch down. Stare straight ahead. Don't pull the rope. Don't turn it all. Just go straight. Like, that's the advice? Just go straight. But the next heat came. And I got in my little car. I think by this point that like the backrest had like broken off. So already my car's efficiency is down by like 28%. Baby carriage wheels, and I'm sitting in the go kart and I get this massive shove, and I sit and I lock in and I'm barely looking over this this little this little front of the car that I have, and I'm holding onto that rope for dear life and I'm not pulling it. I'm not looking what's over here. I'm not looking. I'm not trying to see who's behind me. I am focused on the bottom of that hill. 27% because that's where my death awaits. But I am focused on the bottom of the hill. And I win. Like two more heats. And all of a sudden I'm finding like the big tank cars, the ones that look so cool. Like two guys would have to give it a shove to get it going because it's just so massive. And then other cars that look so cool are, like, starting to fall apart. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling a little bit, little bit better. My third heat, I win. My fourth heat, I win. It gets to the end. I take third place. I got a really cool matching Cub Scout pen and mechanical pencil set. Which, as I think about It's weird that pack rat that I am, I don't still own that to this day. It's actually a little disturbing, because I can't imagine I ever would have gotten rid of that. But the moral of the story is, when you start looking to the left, and you start looking to the right, and you take your eyes off the goal, that's when things go bad. That's when things go wrong. But when you set your eyes on what is important, You set your eyes on that goal that you have laid out in front of you. You set your eyes on the path that God has directed your feet towards. Where he is at the end of that journey waiting for you going right here. Come to me. Don't worry about that. Come to me. It is when we lock in that focus that regardless of what the world throws at us, we will not be shaken. And that will be true for you in 2023 and 2024. And whether it's a collective just dumpster fire of a year or it's the own particular storms you yourself personally are going to face, it is still true. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't worry about the storm. God will guide you through. God will give you direction. He will tell you what you need to do in the midst of the storm. But don't let the storm be your focus. And that is the point of the storms in life. That is what the enemy wants. The enemy wants to throw things at us that are so overwhelmingly horrible, we have no choice but to look. We have no choice but to give it our attention. Because when we give those things our attention, we're no longer focused on Jesus. And that puts us exactly where he wants us. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. It is your choice. You can set your eyes on him, you can turn to the left or to the right, but only one gives you the assurance and the strength And the life and the calling and the blessing of Jesus that he wants to pour into you. All you have to do is keep yourself in a place where you can receive it. We are going to come have the praise team come back up. We are going to dismiss collectively with our doxology. And uh, then I will dismiss us with a blessing. And then we eat. And it's 1141. Coming up, four minutes left.
1: Blessing and praise to the Lord, and and a good way to
0: end our our, our sermon and our our service today before we eat. So, join me with you. we take